For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Matt Schneidman, our Green Bay Packers beat writer, 49ers and Green Bay Packers Thursday night football from Levi Stadium. It'll be the third time these two teams have squared off at Levi Stadium since the 2019 campaign. Of course, the NFC Championship, the last time these two teams met, but it's going to be two different looking teams that take the field on Thursday. The Green Bay Packers dealing with a COVID breakout in their running back room, and of course, the 49ers injury woes continue. No George Kittle, no Jimmy Garoppolo, no Raheem Mostert, who ran all over the Packers just last season in the playoffs. All stuff we can talk about. The status and the health of the Green Bay Packers against your 49ers with our own Matt Schneidman, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, November 4th. It is a pleasure now to welcome in Matt Schneidman. He covers the Green Bay Packers for The Athletic. He actually used to be out here covering the Raiders in the Bay Area, and then Raiders left for God knows where, and Matt left to go to Green Bay. So, Matt, welcome in. Excited to talk a little Green Bay Packer football with you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. You know, some scary news, I guess, already this week. The 49ers are dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. That's been the story of 2020. We know about Jimmy G uh, headed to IR, George Kittle headed to IR. But then you turn around, you see you get a game with the Packers on Thursday, and now the Packers are dealing with a COVID-19 situation. Can you tell us, from your perspective, what's been going on, what the updated status is of, of that running back room? Yeah, it's not looking too great, because obviously A.J. Dillon tests positive, so he'll be out for Thursday's game. And then the tricky thing is with the Thursday game, Jamal Williams, who had been starting the last two games with Aaron Jones out with a calf injury, was deemed a high-risk, close-contact person because they're sitting next to each other on the bench throughout the game when they're not on the field. So he'll be out for Thursday's game as well because if you're deemed a high-risk, close-contact individual, you have to test negative for five days. And at the very earliest, Jamal Williams would be eligible to get back in the facility on Saturday, but Packers don't play on Sunday. They play on Thursday. So Jamal Williams will miss the game. He's out. AJ Dillon's out. Aaron Jones, NFL Network reported, you know, the Packers are probably going to be cautious with him again. So let's say he doesn't play. Packers are all of a sudden down to Tyler Irvin, who practices at wide receiver, not running back. He's also their return man who really just runs gadget stuff and horizontal stuff out of the backfield. And Dexter Williams, who was their 2019 sixth-round pick out of Notre Dame, can't pass protect, can't catch passes out of the backfield, which is a huge part of this offense. And he was demoted to the practice squad this year because he wasn't able to do any of that last year when he was on the active roster. So listen, the 49ers have the more significant injuries, but it's not like the Packers are marching in here super healthy either. Funny you mentioned that uh, they could go to another skill position player out of the backfield because they've actually had to do that in the past. And I know it wasn't under Matt LaFleur, but they've gone to a wide receiver in the backfield behind Aaron Rodgers in the past. Ty Montgomery stepped in from the receiving room to fill that void a couple of years ago. Yeah, he did. And speaking of trade deadline here, the Packers shipped him off two years ago in, in Brian Gutekunst's first set of moves at the trade deadline as general manager. So maybe that's a curse if they use Tyler Irvin there this weekend. But I think Tyler Irvin has the confidence of this staff, the coaches, to fill that role maybe a little bit better than Ty Montgomery did. He's a pretty adept pass catcher, really good at running wheel routes and, and the such. And like I said, he takes you know the jet sweeps, the reverse handoffs, all that kind of stuff. He's really, really fast, probably one of the top five fastest players on the team. And he revitalized their, their punt return game last year. He's also missed a couple weeks this season with a wrist injury. So dynamic player when healthy, and I think that would probably be the most likely scenario the Packers go is use a guy like Ty Montgomery, like Tyler Irvin. 
in that scenario on Thursday. But whether it's that or using Dexter Williams or just letting Aaron Rodgers throw it 70 times, Matt LaFleur is going to have to get creative. I was watching some of Matt LaFleur's press conference the other day where he's talking about the COVID protocols that they're going through. And he, he didn't give a whole lot. He didn't want to designate anybody in or out. But you talk about the contact tracing and they're talking about Jamal Williams being a, a high risk player now because he came in contact with A.J. Dillon. I'm just wondering, all of these guys have been around each other. They just played the Minnesota Vikings. This was three or four days ago, right? All of of the team has been around each other so at what point do they get to that contract tracing and say hey there are other players who are high risk as well and and we can't have some other guys out on the field do you know what the status is of the rest of the team yeah as of now according to the reports that are out there the only positive test was aj Dillon. so and jamal williams and kamal martin were the only two deemed as high risk close contacts you know i don't know exactly how the nfl looks at it but i heard and shouldn't state this as fact, but I believe Kamal Martin is AJ Dillon's roommate. He's a linebacker. AJ Dillon's a running back. So that would really be the only thing that makes sense to link them as close contacts or link Kamal Martin as a high risk close contact. And then Jamal Williams, obviously in the running back room with him. It's interesting because I'm thinking the same thing as you are. It's AJ Dillon's being tackled by all these Minnesota Vikings players. He's around his team in the locker room. He's around his team on the bench. He's around, you know, whether it's PR staffers or team photographers, he's probably not within six feet of them, but this isn't something simple where it's just like, okay, he's touched that guy, he's touched that guy. I mean, it's professional football. There's a lot of close contact, but I think what the NFL has deemed just reading between the lines as a high-risk close contact is prolonged close contact in, in that, okay, they're sitting next to each other on the bench for an entire drive. And we saw on Sunday, the Minnesota Vikings went on 10-minute drives for the entire game pretty much. So Jamal and AJ are sitting next to each other for that. And then if Kamal and AJ are living together, that's in a condensed space for a prolonged period of time. So I think while yes, it is a very, very tricky situation and a slippery slope, I think that's the criteria they're going with. And that's why the Packers have only had two guys in addition to AJ ruled out. Glad you brought up the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings game from last week. We saw what Dalvin Cook did, three touchdowns on the ground, over 200 yards from scrimmage. He had one in the air, too. Is this a case of just Minnesota Vikings are coming off of a bye? They look pretty damn good. They threw the ball 14 times last week. I think the Niners would look at this sort of game plan from the Vikings and say, that's what we need to try to do to this Packer team. We want to run the ball 35 or 37 or 40 times and throw the ball 10 or 15 times. That would mean that we've probably got a lead and they're, they're holding on to it. What can you tell us about the Packer defense and about how they kind of just got ran all over last week yeah they stink to put it succinctly <laughs> i mean the packers run defense is is not good at all it's funny because since 2015 there have been three instances in the nfl where one player amasses 200 total yards at least and four touchdowns one was derrick henry in 2018 and then the two most recent ones were raheem mostert in the nfc championship game and dalvin cook on sunday you know who the common opponent was in both those games? The Green Bay Packers with Mike Pettin as their defensive coordinator. So it's ironic that right after Dalvin Cook runs all over them, when the Packers knew what was coming, they go back to the site of said NFC Championship game. Now, granted, Raheem Mostert isn't playing, so I don't know if you know 186 rushing yards before contact, 285 total on the ground is going to happen, but the Packers' run defense has been abysmal against guys they need to be 
good against. And the thing is, the common theme in both those games was they made Jimmy Garoppolo throw eight times in the NFC Championship game. They made Kirk Cousins throw 14 times last Sunday, and those are two quarterbacks who are fairly interception prone. It's really windy at Lambeau Field. Kirk Cousins comes in with 10 interceptions in his first six games, most in the league, and they don't make him throw. 50 of his 160 passing yards and his only touchdown pass came on a screen pass to Dalvin Cook that Cook took 50 yards for a touchdown. So Mike Patton and this Packers defense are going to get more of the same on, on Thursday. Matt LaFleur said, we know what the 49ers are going to do. The book's been written on us. Just run it down our throat and make us stop it because we haven't proven we can yet. So it'll be interesting to see if Kyle Shanahan, who just dominated Mike Pettin twice last year, does that again and says, you guys haven't shown you can stop it yet. Let's see if you can stop it now. Now, from the other perspective, and my producer Brian and I were kind of joking about this before we got you on, I said, well, you know, if, if they're not able to run it and they don't have the backfield, I'm talking about the Packers now at this point, from an offensive standpoint, having a guy to throw the ball, Aaron Rodgers, pretty damn good, 360 yards week one, 315 again week four, threw for 291 yards last week against the Vikings. He had a, a brilliant start to the season. I wouldn't say he slowed down at all. He had an MVP-like start to the season, but maybe been surpassed a little bit by Russ and what Patrick Mahomes are doing, but this guy is still the top of his game. I mean, I know out here there were rumors about him maybe leaving the Green Bay Packers after they make the draft of Jordan Love just last offseason. But what can you tell us about where Aaron Rodgers is? Still sort of the same salty, frowny face Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, but he can light you up if he doesn't like what he's seeing. That's the more dangerous Aaron Rodgers is the ticked off Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? You know, he can say whatever he wants about the Jordan Love pick didn't add any extra motivation. Yes, it did. And I think that's part of the reason he came out and still is really playing really well this year. You got to realize something. And listen, I say this knowing every team has injuries, but Devontae Adams, who's top three receiver in the league this year, missed a couple games. Alan Lazard, who is their number two, has been out since week three after core muscle surgery. Devin Funches, who they signed in free agency, opted out of the season because he had a family member die earlier this year from COVID-19. Robert Tanyan's his number one tight end. He's come on nicely. Aaron Jones has missed a couple games, and he's a, he's a dynamic pass-catching running back. And this has been the story of Aaron Rodgers' career, isn't it? Kind of get the most out of guys who you don't expect to produce at that level. He's been playing really well this year. The one game he didn't play well was the Buccaneers game with only the third pick six of his career, another interception on the next drive. But he's been making throws that the Aaron Rodgers of 10 years ago made. Yeah, he's fallen off a little bit in the MVP race just because Russ and Mahomes and, and guys like that have been more consistent, but the offense isn't the problem on this team. It's the defense, and Aaron Rodgers will do his damnedest every single week to carry this team to victory. And, you know, he said it multiple times. The defense won the Packers a bunch of games last year. They were pretty good last year. Now it's the offense's turn to kind of pay them back. But sooner or later, I mean, the defense has to give him some help because he's playing really well this year. His pocket presence is really good, his accuracy is better than ever. And he's just making that Jordan Love pick look ever more foolish by the week. The Devontae Adams thing, you mentioned him. Um, what he did last week, 12 targets, 7 catches. The week before, 16 targets, 13 catches. You go back to week one. When he had 14 catches, this guy's playing better than ever. Five touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's been a fantasy monster. He's just been a monster as a receiver anyway. 49ers secondary hasn't been bad, but Emmanuel Mosley really uh, had a tough time with uh, DeAndre Hopkins week one against the Arizona Cardinals, and then really a tough time with DK Metcalf. Everybody's having problems with him. This looks like maybe a spot where they go right at Emmanuel Mosley and put Devontae Adams up against him, especially with a thin backfield. Just kind of your thoughts on that matchup. Yeah, I think that's a matchup that Devontae can definitely take advantage of. I know in the NFC Championship game last year, it was 
I don't think Sherman shadowed him the entire game, but whatever it was, Devontae had eight catches for 160 yards. And the first time they played together in week 12 last season, it was Devontae coming off an injury and he scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion that game. So Devontae Adams is going to get his against whoever's matching up against him. If it's Mosley, I think he'll have another good day. But at the same time, the 49ers don't really have to worry about any other pass catchers that the Packers have besides Robert Tanyan. Unless Alan Lazard is activated this week, they probably won't have Aaron Jones. They're not going to have Jamal Williams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling doesn't scare anybody on offense because he can't really catch the ball. So if the 49ers want to double Devontae Adams all day to help Mosley out, they can do that. Yeah, pretty damn good job for Devontae last year. Uh, seven catches, in, as you mentioned, in that first time that they played at San Francisco, and then in the NFC Championship, nine catches he had for 138, but didn't find the end zone. So nine catches on 11 targets. And as you mentioned, that game just kind of got lopsided for them. They were playing catch-up. And so the 49ers, I think, conceded some of the receiving yards as long as they maintained possession of the ball. But it should be a fun matchup. You, you worried and concerned about the health, I think. Everybody is about getting these guys on the field and getting this game in. But could be a funky situation, sort of a sort of a hollow, 49ers team in a different looking Packers backfield than we've seen this year but Matt I appreciate the time today man fun having you on and maybe when they play in the NFC championship again we'll have you back <laughs> yeah that, that'll be fun I'm sure it'll happen and it'll be right back at Levi's Stadium somehow fantastic dude all right we'll catch you down the road Matt thanks a lot appreciate it guys Great conversation with Matt Schneidman, and, and you should check him out. He actually does a podcast covering the Green Bay Packers here called Head of the Pack. So you can check that out weekly with him right here on The Athletic, and make sure you follow him at Matt Schneidman. Read him in The Athletic for all your Packer news this week against the 49ers. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to Matt. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. We want to keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports, but we're going to pull back. We'll go big picture, take a look at what's going on across the NFL just past the halfway point, the trade deadline, and of course, the injury bug that is biting the NFL in 2020. We'll talk to our own Lindsey Jones, who covers the National Football League for The Athletic. We'll do that on Friday, but until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.